Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of BNG in the Morning. Uh, as always, I'm Brett. And I'm Gavin. And like last week, we had Albany starting QB Kemper Klein on. We have King City lineman Sawyer McCallan on the podcast this week. Um, Sawyer, thanks for coming on. Thank uh, you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to get right into the questions here. Uh, first question for you is, uh, you you and the rest of the team are coming off a big 74 to nothing win over Rockport last Friday night. And we just wanted to know how big of a confidence booster that is going into your uh, game this Friday against uh, Schuyler County. So, you know, I'll just talk about even before, you know, the game last Friday, uh, losing to a really tough North County team. And, you know, when a situation, situation like that happens, um, you can either fold, or you can, you know, collect yourself and keep moving forward. And we knew that's what we had to do Friday night. And uh, we had a little bit of a tip on our shoulder. You know, we were kind of mad about the loss of Worth County. We knew that uh, we didn't play the best of our ability. And so we really wanted to show that last Friday. And, you know, the score dictates, you know, how we played. I mean, we played very well. Um, and it's a big confidence booster. You know, it's homecoming week at King City. Uh, you know, there's a lot of outside distractions, but we're really just focused on the game Friday night. Uh, we're just going to try to take it game, one game at a time until we get uh, to where we want to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously, uh, shutting out a team, especially an eight-man, is tough to do. So uh, that just that's just a testament to how, got, how well you guys played on defense. Um, so next question, um, Schuyler County, they're 0-6. Obviously, you guys are the more talented team. But how do you guys stay locked in when you play a team that's maybe not as talented like Schuyler County? Well, um, especially this week during practice, uh, we didn't really watch a whole lot of film. Uh, we know what they're capable of doing. Uh, they got a state-ranked passer. You know that they're going to throw the ball and they're going to run uh, whenever we play off of them. And so, you know, really this week we've just been working on the fundamentals, tackling and blocking and, and just tightening up the things that we know that can make us better in the long run uh, against a better team. But just like I said earlier, we're trying to take it one game at a time. Uh, pressure this team this week, you know, try to get a, a W on Friday. Yeah, and uh, t- in order to get a W, and obviously we don't want you to t- tell us your whole game plan, but what are some, like, things you guys need to do in order to come out with a win Friday night? Well, um, defensively, you know, they pass, and that's something that we struggle with at times. Um, we're a very good run defensive team. You know, if you're going to run the football against King City, you've got to have something up your sleeve or you got to have just some absolute units up front for that sure. can move our defensive front. For and sure. so, really for us, defensively, we got to maintain our pass, our rushing lanes. Uh, when we rush the passer, we can't be letting the quarterback, you know, sneak out and get a cheap run on us. And in our defensive secondary, you know, we're going to continue to build off of what we've been doing. Um we played really well against the pass against Pattonsburg, another team that is pass heavy. Um, struggled a little bit against Worth County, but you know they have some, they some, have some really dudes. good athletes yeah. over there. Uh, but I do believe in our secondary. You know, I think that those guys can get the job done on Friday night. And you know, up front defensively, you know we we got some we got some really good guys. You know, Landon Jackson, uh, he's a junior for us. He's improved a lot over just the past year. He's somebody that not a lot of people know about, um, but he's got a really good motor, you know, is always wanting to get the quarterback, you know, obviously everybody knows about Parker Buff. Um, he's just a stud on the outside and he does a lot of things for us. 
um, Case Moss and me in the middle. I mean, it's kind of hard to run up the middle when you got two guys like that. Absolutely, um, but, absolutely. But I would, but I would say, yeah, for sure. Just maintaining our rush lanes um, and playing good pass defense, and then offensively, we're just going to do what we do. Uh, we're going to run the football and try to set up the short pass game and the uh, medium pass game just off of running the ball. Um, last week against Rockport, we tried to spread things out a little bit, you know, try to work on some different offensive schemes that we wouldn't uh, go into against uh, a team of, of high, high caliber talent. Um, we just tried to work on some things to try to get those, those other guys in our team that we know that, uh, can make things happen with the ball in their hand. And so we just been trying to, Try a few different things, you know, trying to get our athletes the ball in space. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's what you want, really. Um, um, especially with Parker Muff. I mean, teams are teams are looking at Parker Muff, but if you you know mix up the schemes, then you know you, you said you you got athletes that most people don't know about. Um, going into my next question, um, you know, from an outside perspective, uh, the King City culture i mean built around football has just it feels like it's gotten so much more important um as we've grown up you know um so why don't you uh can you tell us a little bit about the culture in king city and how how it has grown and how it's important when it comes to game time so for me you know i've been around the program since 2010 um and even really before that you know i was raised a wildcat fan you know, I'd been around Coach Breckenridge for a long time. My brother was a freshman in 2012, and from then on, I was a manager and always around him. Um, he took the head coaching job in 2008, and ever since then, he's been trying to build a culture and change uh, some bad habits that we had. Um, and it's really starting to come around, you know. 2017, we made it to the state semifinals. 2018, uh, we made it back, back-to-back district champions. Um, and he did that with the team with teams that were good, but in some uh, areas had some flaws. I mean, it wasn't like he had 16 All-Staters on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. Um, and that and that shows a lot of, you know, the guy puts in so many hours into the program. Um, and I really think that's what's been the difference is just his dedication to us and the kids see that and – by the time that they get up into the program, they understand uh, what's expected of them. They understand what it means to wear the purple and gold and to go out on a Friday night and what's expected of them and how to carry themselves outside um, of the football field, in the classroom, you know, in the community, what it means to be a Wildcat. And that's that's the big thing is just, especially as, you know, me being a senior, that's the one thing that I want to leave uh, behind is this is the culture. This is how it's supposed to be done. And, you know, it is expected of you to take up um, where we left off. And, you know, that's that, those are some big shoes to fill. Um, but, yeah, our coaches do a really good job of just preaching culture and preaching brotherhood and, and you know, working as a unit. Um, and the, we haven't won a lot of games in my high school career. Um, we were five and six twice and three and, oh, I can't remember. Three and I mean, six. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and that's all it took was just a change of culture. You know, we played, we started playing when we were really young. A lot of us were freshmen and sophomores playing football against, you know, senior heavy football teams. And that's really what's built 
our team to what it is, and that's why we have such high expectations around the stage because they know the caliber of talent we have um, and just the culture that's behind it. For sure, for sure. So just a couple more questions here for you, Sawyer. Um, we got – or at this point in the season, you guys are 4-2 and two with your only two losses being against the top two teams in the state right now, which are Sanbury and Worth County. Um, for you personally, what are some things the team has done that – that you feel they've done well to this point? And what are some things going forward that you guys need to get better at to get to the level you want to be at where you start to beat teams like Stanbury and County? So, you know, just to touch on those two games, uh, in both of those games, the past game killed us. Um, you know, like I said earlier, it's hard to run football in King City. You know, we got some really good linebackers that are really good at playing the run and we got some some guys up front that you know are hard to move and we play really good gaps down football but that's something that you know continues to kind of plague us is just our past defense but that's something that we've addressed in practice and you know week by week we're trying to get better at and try some different things put some different guys in there that we think can get the job done for us on friday yeah so uh we obviously uh, obviously, we uh, have been paying attention to you guys uh, throughout the season. You guys have been playing very well. Moving away from uh, maybe like the game itself, uh, this is kind of a just a question that is about how you prepare for a game. Do you have a special like pregame routine you go through before games? And if so, what do you like to do before a game to get yourself ready? Uh, so for me, um, I'm a big tape guy, and it's kind of weird. Um, I probably use like three fourths of our supply of tape. There you so go. I hand, yeah, I tape my hands. I wear lining gloves. I tape my gloves um, super tight, just so I don't break my wrist whenever I hit somebody really hard with my hands. Yeah. And then I, I like to tape up my cleats. You know, spat them, get some extra support. But during that time, I just like to focus in. And uh, I'm a big scripture guy, so I try to read a little bit of scripture. You know, try to get my mind right. You know, understand where my talents come from you know, and just reflect on everything that God's blessed me with um, throughout my career. And I just try to get honed in on, you know, the challenge ahead, uh, especially during big games. And I'm not a big talker. I don't like talking to people before the game. Um, a lot of my teammates will say that I'm a different person on the field than I am off the field. I'm, I'm pretty nasty on the field. Um, but off the field, I, I'm pretty easy going. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty fun guy to talk to, but, yeah, on the field, I don't know. I just kind of hone in and and try to focus in on the task ahead and just try to clear everything out and be focused on uh, the game. Absolutely. All right. Um, our final question we have for you is uh, what – hopefully it's a little bit better than Kemper Klein's top three. His, <laughs> his music taste isn't very great. But uh, what is your top three favorite songs that maybe get you focused or get you ready for the – for the upcoming game. All right. So this one goes back to like even my peewee football days. Okay. Um, Hell's Bells by ACDC. Okay. Okay. So, especially like in the weight room. I don't, I don't think I've ever failed a max to that song. All right. In my life. All right. So it's like, I don't know that that song just gets me hyped up. And then like a little bit of like, I like 21 Savage. Okay. Mr. Right now is probably like one of my favorite. All right. All right. I can dig I can dig that. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of a of a third song. 
I like uh, "Put On" by Young Jeezy. Okay. All right. I mean, that's that's a little that's a little that's a little hood, but I mean, hey, that's all right. It, it gets me going. All right. Uh, and another one that like it's kind of funny because uh, just like what the song's about, but like uh, "F the Police" by NWA. That's okay. Like a, that's like a team song. All right. Like everybody knows the words to it. And yep. It's super funny to see like the freshman and stuff like sing along to it. All right. All right, and then um, I forgot to ask you, um, and we didn't plan this beforehand, but uh, Ian Campbell, you know him, right? Yes, sir. So we're uh, we're discussing about interviewing you in uh, one of the classes today, and he wants to know what is your bench max. So the most that I've ever put up is two thirty five. Um, I put up two hundred five as a sophomore. Okay, and then I separated my acromial and tore a little bit of muscle and so i haven't really been able to like get full strength back in my right arm but yeah 235 is probably the most that i've ever put up or even attempted to put up all right just because it puts a lot of stress in my body all right and then uh most of our viewers um i don't think would know this but in middle school sawyer mccallan played quarterback now yeah, i have sure, to man. ask you this do you remember me picking you off to ice the game in middle school? Yes, dude. I remember. Um, so we ran a lot of zone read yep. just because that's like what our high school did. And it wasn't really zone read. It was uh, Parker Muff makes fun of me all the time because I like to say that I was a good quarterback. But he's like, man, you never gave me the ball. Yeah. Every time you just take it and run. And so uh, I didn't really have a very good line. So it was like, Snap the ball, one count, two count. You got to get rid of it. Yeah. Pretty God that my six foot seven tight end is as wide open. Yeah. And Gavin came out of nowhere with his little mullet. Yeah. Yeah. That sucker off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Um, thank you for coming on the show, man. It's you know it's always fun to you know learn about uh you know other football teams from around the area and you know what a great great uh, role model for King City you know to come on and talk about their program so yeah Sawyer once again thank you for coming on um we're glad that we were able to have all righty after uh that great interview with Sawyer um we're gonna just go right into eight man uh last week there was only two uh top 10 matchups in the state and that was number seven or yeah number seven Oric versus number two Worth County um Worth County prevails 56 to 8 and I, I just think this shows how uh, how strong uh, the northern part of eight-man football is versus the southern part. Um, you know, we can go back and forth all day. Um, and then the other top ten matchup was um, Drexel versus Drexel Archie. Versus Archie um, two top ten southern teams. Um, Drexel comes out and prevails. They are the top three team in the state. So – um, you know, no surprise there. Um, looking at next week's games, we have uh, one one kind of really big game coming up, uh, number one, Stanbury versus number five, North Shelby, which I think personally that is going to be a pretty good game. Yeah, it's two undefeated teams going at it. Stanbury's 5-0 and and North Shelby's 6-0. and Stanbury had a game canceled due to COVID, but – yeah, so one team is getting their first loss of the season, and obviously neither of them want that to happen. So it's going to be a highly competitive game, I think. 
Um, and then the game of the week, Missouri Eight Man's game of the week is uh, number ten Lockwood at number seven St. Paul Lutheran. Uh, uh, St. Paul Lutheran's five and one, as is Lockwood. Um, I think this could be a good game. Um, you know, I guess we'll just see who prevails. Um, and then looking at looking at last week, uh, Albany's game against Schuyler County. Uh, Albany played pretty well. Um, obviously, Schuyler County is a team that they should beat. They're an zero and five team. Uh, I was very impressed with Schuyler County's quarterback. He threw the ball very well, um, you know, found holes in our pass defense, um, which the pass defense, I mean, for Albany is looking, it's looking a little bit better, but um, still not to where you want it to be, um, looking at the other teams in our area. Um, yeah, just know. just uh, kind of my thoughts on the Albany-Skyler County game. It was Albany's homecoming, so obviously Albany's going to be playing a little bit harder just to try and get a win in front of their home crowd. But what I was kind of most impressed with is, like Gavin said, our the pass defense is getting a little bit better, I think. Obviously, Schuyler County isn't one of the better teams, but I think I think it is looking better. I Obviously, I want to see us against a better team, and they travel to North Andrew to play them next Friday or this coming Friday, so we'll get to see – and North Andrew isn't one of like the top tier teams, but it's a better team than Schuyler County, so we'll get a better idea of exactly how good their pass defense is. Porter Davis had two really nice looking picks last Friday. I mean, and we weren't doing stuff like that at the beginning of the year, so I think that shows improvement, even if it is against a lesser uh, talented team. And yeah, I mean, Schuyler County's QB, he's talented, and he's only a sophomore, so he'll only get better. Schuyler County's future looks looks a little bit brighter than what. I think a lot of people think with a lot of those young guys that are inexperienced now and with their with more experience will come less mistakes. And so I think their future is looking pretty bright over there. Um, and then uh, looking at the offensive side of the ball for Albany, um, Kemper I think looked a lot a lot more comfortable throwing the ball um, than he has in his past games. Um, I think this team is still progressing um, next week. Uh, we'll have Timothy Papa back, but we are losing um, Nate Doolittle due to injury. Hopefully we get him back um, soon, and so this this whole team can um, play healthy. But uh, I think North Andrew will be a good game and a great test. Um, obviously, North Andrew is not top ten anymore, but, um, you know, it's a good test against a really good North Andrew team. Yeah, this is definitely a winnable game for Albany, and we said a couple uh, episodes ago that Albany needs to win these winnable games and then – get a few games, maybe steal away a few wins from these higher-ranked teams, and they'll be looking pretty good before districts. And if that's all we got for eight, man, we can go ahead and get into some MLB playoffs. Absolutely. That actually starts tonight, um, the wild card, AL wild card game between the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox happening right now. The Boston Red Sox are actually up 2-0, to zero, I believe, after a two-run home run from Xander Bogarts off Garrett Cole. So it's not looking very good for my Yankees right now. I did predict them to win this game, so that could go ahead and just blow up my predictions right away. But I'll get into my – actually, we'll just go my, my wild card predictions, and then we'll go into yours, Gavin, and then okay. we'll just go like that. So my AL uh, wild card winner, obviously I already said the Yankees winning this one. And I think – 
from the NL, I have the Dodgers, and I think that this game is going to be a really close game. The Dodgers, obviously, they're a 106-win team, and they have to play a wild-card game. Very unlucky for them that their division winner happened to win 107 games, but they have to they have to play a one-game wild-card win, and anything can happen in one game in baseball. The Cardinals have what well, most likely have Adam Wainwright pitching, and he's a phenomenal pitcher. I do think the Dodgers win this game, though. I just think they're the more talented team. I can see this game being like a 1-0 game or like a 2-1 game or something like that. So, Gavin, I'll let you go ahead and do your wild card predictions. Um, I, I predicted the Yankees to win their game. And then on the other side, I predicted the Cardinals to beat the Dodgers just because um, I'm, I'm a, you know, hometown Hometown fan, you know, I hope that – I do hope that the Cardinals win. I think, like you said, one game of baseball, anything can happen. Yeah, and the Cardinals, I I can easily see them win this game. I actually want them to win this game because I really don't like the Dodgers. I just don't like that they have a stacked team. But I just – but, but he's a Yankees fan, everybody. He doesn't like that the Dodgers have a stacked team, but he's a Yankees fan. I mean, the Dodgers are more stacked than the Yankees. The Dodgers went ahead and uh, – somehow managed to pull off a trade to get Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. So, and I know the Yankees have a history of going out and signing the best players, but the Dodgers are definitely the team to do that now instead of the Yankees. But anyway, going away from that into the AL and NLDS, these are five-game series. So just to keep that in mind when we're talking about our predictions, we'll start with the AL. I have, well, the White Sox and Astros are in a – are in an ALDS matchup. I had both both the ALDS series going five games. I actually have the Astros defeating the White Sox in five games. I know the White Sox have a better record, but I think the Astros playoff experience, I think the Astros playoff experience will prove to be useful. I think they'll take that and use that and win this game. Go ahead and win this series in five. Um, I also have I have the Astros in five, um, and then on the other side I have the Rays in four. Rays in four against the Yankees. I actually have the Rays winning that series as well, but I have it in five games. As much as I hate to pr- choose a division rival over the Yankees, the Rays are just – they're a really good ball team. They're they, a hot team. They won 100 games this year, and anytime you win 100 games, that's that's pretty good, so – if you're going into the NLDS, first one that we're going to bring up is the Brewers versus the Braves. This is the only divisional series I have not going to five games. I have the Brewers winning this in four. The Braves, I might be more inclined to pick them if they still had Acuna, but Acuna suffered a season-ending injury at the beginning of the year, so I just can't pick the Brewers to not win this. I also have the Brewers. So, And then Dodgers-Giants. This is probably going to be the most exciting just because it's the two best teams in baseball going at it in the ALDS. I wish it could be – or in the NL, NLDS. I wish it could be the NLCS to decide who goes to the World Series, but it's not – it didn't work out that way. The Dodgers and the Giants, I have the Dodgers winning this series as well in five. But this could go either way, dude. They're a game apart, so I could see either team winning it for sure. Um, and then I have, I have the Cardinals beating – the Dodgers, so mine is uh, Cardinals Giants. Yeah, Cardinals Giants, and I have the Giants in four. Giants in four. So mm-hmm. now ALCS and NLCS. I have the Rays versus the Astros in 
in the ALCS, and I have the Rays winning this in seven. I have them going back to the World Series for the second year in a row, but I have them winning this in seven games. I think it's going to be hype, really competitive. Um, the Astros, I could see winning this one too. I mean, the MLB playoffs is always super hard to predict just because it seems like a lot of the teams are evenly matched, and anything can happen in baseball. So, um, Gavin, go ahead and predict um, yours. I have the Rays in six. Um you know, like you said, the Astros are a talented team, but the Rays right now are just really, really, really good. The thing about the Rays is a lot of those guys, I mean, they, you don't really know them. Like they don't have a lot of household names on their team, but they just play so well together. And so their success is just it's, – it's, it's a team success for them. And on the NL, NLCS, I have the Dodgers and the Brewers. And – I have the same exact World Series as last year. I have the Rays going and playing the Dodgers. I have the Dodgers winning this series in six against the Brewers. Um, so I have the Brewers and the Giants, and I'm going to take the Giants um, back to the World Series. So my World Series is Dodgers versus Rays, same one as last year. And and unfortunately, I have the Dodgers winning it again. I have them win, beating the Rays in seven. Dodgers defeat the Rays once again in the World Series, get their second one in a row. I think they're just – obviously upsets happen, but I think they're just too talented. Sometimes the better team wins, and that's just all there is to it, and I think the better team is going to win this series. And then I have the Rays and the Giants, and I pick the Giants in – I want to say seven games because it's more exciting, but I'm going to say six. All right, so that's our MLB playoff preview for the night – or for the – for the MLB playoffs, obviously, um, we will. I'm sure none of neither of us have predicted it exactly correct. So, and ML the MLB playoffs is always super exciting. So, going to going going to go ahead and end that and move on to just a little bit of more NBA news. There was a new development in the Ben Simmons story. They the 76ers, and this is the first time I've seen a sports team do this to a player that's going to hold out. They have said they're not going to pay Ben Simmons for not playing. Simmons has said he's going to hold out until he gets traded. He doesn't want to play another game for him. And they said that he's going. they're not going to pay him. And actually, since then, we just got another update on that. And Ben Simmons is now reconsidering his stance on that because he got fined $360,000 for not playing one game. So I just I, – I personally, I think it's crazy that the 76ers wouldn't pay him. Um and I get that, like, that's his job. He gets paid for doing his job, and he's not doing his job right now. But, I mean, you're punishing him for not wanting to play for an organization that turned their back on him. Like, the 76ers at the end of the year just did not, like, they did not, like, they didn't really help him, him at all. Yeah, yeah and they kind of just threw his name in the dirt a little bit. And so I kind of see both point of views. I see Ben Simmons not wanting to play. But I also see the 76ers, their argument is, hey, you have you have this contract. You're going to play games for us unless you're hurt and you're not doing that, so we're not going to pay you. I kind of see both sides. I just I don't get why they wouldn't trade him. Yeah, I don't know why they won't. If you're not going to play him, might as well just trade him. Like If he, if he doesn't want to play, he's not going to put his best effort yeah, he's, out there. Yeah, he's not going to give you 100% so three nights a week. He might as well just accept that his trade value isn't as high as it was. They you, it's going to be one of those – we're going to be looking at this in 10 years as a big mistake because at the beginning of the year, the 76ers could have got James Harden for Ben Simmons and they didn't pull the trigger. So, And now they're looking at getting a way worse player than Harden. So moving on from that to week five, college football. We had Iowa 
We talked about Iowa not really being as good as their rank shows. They're number three now, and they kind of earned that. They walked into Maryland and kind of beat the brakes off of them, fifty-one to fourteen. I know Maryland isn't in the top twenty-five, but fifty-one to fourteen is that's well, a dominant. Maryland. Maryland was ranked in the top twenty-five before this game. Okay, um, yeah, you're right. They were. They so beating a ranked team that badly just and shows. They and, were also they were also four and zero oh in. Um, uh, Maryland's quarterback Tagovailoa, he yeah. throws four, five, five interceptions. Yeah, the Hawkeyes defense got six total interceptions in this game. Maryland ended up bringing their backup into it, and he also threw a pick. Iowa's defense is actually kind of a slept-on defense, but to be it honest, is. like their defense I, I is was very good. They don't. On, I was a slept-on team. Period. Yeah, for sure. But their defense, especially, they don't get a lot of the hype just because. They have, there's a better defense than them in Georgia, and they get a lot of the hype, and we'll talk about that later. But um, Maryland's leading rusher was the quarterback, and he got 24 yards total. The leading rusher got 24 yards. Leading receiver got 61, which isn't terrible. But, I mean, Iowa's defense just dominated this game and came out with a win. Now they're ranked three. So, And, I, I mean, I was getting the respect they deserve. I hope they can continue to continue to get that um, yeah, respect. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about Georgia versus Arkansas. Arkansas was ranked number eight at the time of this of this game, and Georgia absolutely stomped, stomped Arkansas. And this just further proves that Georgia should. I I still think Georgia after these past two games from them, I think they're the better team. I think they're the better team than Alabama. I think they should be ranked number one. I know Alabama is Alabama, but Georgia's defense is crazy. KJ I mean, Jefferson from Arkansas quarterback had 65 yards total in the game. And the leading rusher, AJ Green from Arkansas, had 28 yards. So And I, I mean I agree, but I think I, I do think Alabama's just a better round team than Georgia. Um, you know, this game this game did show a lot. I mean, they held a number eight team in the country to zero points, a shutout. Um, while scoring yeah. 37 on offense. And uh, we, we kind of watched this game a little bit on Saturday, not that much. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. This is going to be an interesting SEC championship game. Though. Oh, yeah. That's going to be game of the year. <laughs> on paper, that's game of the year. And another game we want to talk about is Cincinnati moving into the top five after defeating Notre Dame 24-13. to Which – I, I don't think Notre Dame was a legit team. I really don't. They've they've slipped. They've slipped. They're still they're still a decent team, but they're not the Notre, same Notre Dame they've been in the past. Oh, absolutely not. But Cincy, they moved to four zero. Now they now they're in the top five. Uh, Alabama versus Mississippi. Um, Alabama gets a pretty for the most part dominant win. They win by twenty one. Bryce Young throws for two hundred forty one and and two touchdowns. Did throw a pick, but. Brian Robinson Jr. for Alabama had 36 carries for 171 yards and four touchdowns. And I, I mean, looking at this, I still think Bryce Young is absolutely the front runner for Heisman right now. I don't think Probably. there's anyone that's even competing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who the who you'd have go up against him. I mean, college football is just so there's so many good players, and sometimes it's kind of hard to pick one. And another game that I I wanted to talk about that. Um, this is an upset. Uh, Stanford defeats Oregon, who I believe was ranked number three. And they defeat Oregon, they they beat them in overtime, thirty-one twenty-four. And 
Oregon slips out of the top five, and they're number eight now. It's, I don't the, think the they... pack. The Pac-12 is so insane. They've all beat each other. Yep, I think that. I don't think any Pac-12 team is going to be in this in the CFP now. Absolutely, not. Oregon had a chance if they won. What if they won out? Now they're out of the top five, so I don't think they're going to be able to pull it out. Uh, one last game for college football. Kentucky upsets Florida. I did not see this coming at all after Florida had a really solid contest against Al- uh, Alabama. Kentucky walks in there, beats them by 7, 20-13. And, yeah, so with that, we're going to go ahead and get it into the top five, the new top five from this week. It's Alabama at number one still, then Georgia, then Iowa, then Penn State, and then Cincy at number five. And getting into some marquee, marquee matchups for week six, We've got Oklahoma playing Texas. That's sure to be a good game. We'll see how Spencer Radler performs against the top 25 team. We've got Arkansas, Mississippi. That's 13 versus 17. But Iowa, Penn State's going to come to Iowa City and play Iowa. It's going to be number three versus number four. Yeah. And I hate it because whoever loses is going to be out of the top four. And I think both of these teams are top four talent. Um. That, like this game is going to be crazy. Yeah, college football, these games always deliver. We saw, and we'll get into NFL later, but right? <laughs> sometimes these hyped up NFL games don't always deliver. College football always seems to, if it's a number three versus number four or top five matchup, it always seems to deliver. And Penn State versus Iowa, I think, is going to deliver. And the other top 25 matchup is Georgia versus Auburn. And I expect, honestly, I expect that to be another dominant performance with Georgia. Yeah, just too I, good. I don't see, I don't see Auburn. Auburn competing in that game yeah they're too good defensively and like i said i think georgia should be the ranked number one but all righty next up is i think our last thing before fan questions and that is nfl the nfl so week four we're gonna get into some week four review real quick Bengals, Bengals defeated the jags i honestly thought i predicted the jags to win this and it was looking pretty good for me jags went up 14 to zero but um, Joe Burrow leads a comeback over Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow beats Lawrence again, just like he did in college. So they get the win. And this is an overtime game, this next game, and <laughs> the upset. The Jets get the win over the Titans. Now, granted, the Titans didn't have A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. So I guess that means the Titans, without their two best receivers, are worse than the Jets. Even, even with <laughs> I, the, You're right. Even with Derrick Henry, they couldn't get the win. And I don't think – I don't think Derrick Henry had that bad of a game. No, he didn't. He had a 33 carry performance for 157 yards. I mean, what? What? I mean, that's a yeah, really good game. You can't expect more from a running back. Yeah, Derrick Henry obviously is capable of getting 200 yards, but that's not. And the Titans folded two and two. Yeah, Titans are two and two now. They they got beat by the Cardinals week one, which is so, not a bad loss. But the Jets loss is ugly. Yeah, that, this is a bad loss for Titans, even with even without. Derrick Henry, or even without Julio and A.J. Brown, they should still be able to beat the Jets just up having uh, Derrick Henry alone. But let's not discredit the Jets. Zach Wilson had the best game of his career so far, throwing for 297 and two touchdowns. And he had two really good throws in this game. So, I mean, this is a, that's a good game. I mean, the Jets played well. It's not like they played bad. They played well. But it's just the fact the Titans lost to the Jets. So, Bears-Lions. Bears get this win over... The Lions, 24-14. to 14. Justin Fields gets the first win of his career. But I think the biggest story after this game is the fact that Matt Nagy still said that when uh, Andy Dalton comes back, he's going to be the starter. So 
I, I, Matt Nagy, I I really like Matt Nagy. He was an offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, I think. It was either offensive or defensive, but I think it was offensive coordinator, and he did really well in that spot. I just, as a head coach, man, starting. You have to question that decision. I don't know. Yeah, starting Andy Dalton over Joe, Justin Fields. I don't know. But I think what Matt Nagy's thinking here, and this is kind of Mark Sanchez had a quote on – some I think it was some ESPN show last week, and he said that basically what he was talking about, these rookie QBs, they come in and they start to struggle. And he was talking about, like, his, like, turning point was in 2008. It was before that year it was normal to draft a QB in the first round and sit in the entire year. And you had guys like Rodgers and uh, Carson Palmer who played really well in the end, at the end of their career that had to sit the first couple of years. But – then you had guys like Joe Flacco and Matt Ryan come in in their first years and go to the playoffs. And since then, that's been the turning point for how teams manage their rookie QBs. Uh, teams draft them, and they're like, well, we drafted them first round. We're paying them all this money. Why not play them? So, and, I, then, I, they, and then they I struggle. Think, they struggle. I think in times that, that that can be good. But you also look at the great quarterbacks now. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he sat, um, yeah. you know. And like we said, there's always exceptions. We said this last week. Justin Herbert, he had one week where he didn't start, and he came in in week two, and he's been playing really well. He's kind of had some similar stats to Mahomes in his first year starting. So, But I, I, I see Mark Sanchez's point because, I mean, I think it's just – even if it's a guy like Andy Dalton, he's a veteran QB. He knows the game. I think it benefits to have a guy. And I, I, I think that – I don't think that Andy Dalton needs a start, but I think it's good to have him on the squad to kind of – take Justin under his wing and, you know, get things going. Yeah, and moving on to the next game is Colts versus Dolphins. Colts gets their first one of the year, 27-17. Which is, which is good for them. I mean, you, I, I feel like the Colts are a team everyone's kind of rooting for. I, I really I really hope Carson wins, you know, proves people wrong. Yeah, I hope he does too. And moving on from the from that game to the Browns-Vikings, Browns get a 14-7 to win. This game was kind of a boring game, honestly. The Vikings scored on the touchdown on the first drive and didn't score again. And the Browns put up two touchdowns, actually one touchdown and two field goals, I think. And Baker Mayfield did 15 of 33 for 155 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. This is why I don't think the Browns are ever going to go very far in the playoffs. I think the farthest they'll ever get is an AFC championship. I don't think you can make a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield might make one Super Bowl in his career, maybe. I think I think the Browns are a little bit overrated. I think they're a good team, and they have a, definitely a chance to win this uh, the AFC North. And it's just going to be off their off their offense and their running or yeah. their defense and their running backs. Yep, it's not going to be. I mean, Baker Mayfield have a game here and there where he shows out, but I think for the most part, it's going to be credited to their defense and their running backs. But moving on, Washington gets a four point win over the Falcons, thirty four to thirty. This Washington defense, it's I, not looking good. I don't know. It doesn't look the same as it did last year. If you give up 30 points to the Falcons, that's yeah. not very great. They haven't been playing good all year. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they – if they can get better. But the Bills and the Texans, Bills walk in and beats the Texans 40-0, to the second shutout of the year for them. And this the is Bills just, are a dangerous team. They beat the Dolphins thirty-five to zero. Now they beat the Texans forty to zero. After Week One, I think they're playing with the chip on their shoulder after losing to the Steelers. Uh, Giants Saints, 
Giants get their first win of the year, and they get a six win over six point overtime win over the Saints. Who, I mean, they're kind of falling off over since that week one. I, I think the Saints came in a little bit overrated. I think, yeah, I think after that win over the Packers, a lot of people started to overrate them, and now they're kind of coming down to earth a little bit. Yep. Uh, moving on to Chiefs Eagles, Chiefs finally get back in the win column. They beat the Eagles forty-two to thirty, and the Chiefs won this game. But the Chiefs defense is not good. The Chiefs offense is not the problem. It's not the problem at all. Mahomes did throw one pick, and it was not a very good pick. He's starting to kind of force throws still a little bit, and he's done it the past two games, and he did it again here where he forced a throw as he was trying as he was going down. Should have taken the sack, turns it over. The Chiefs offense moved the ball at will, though, but so did the Eagles. The Eagles moved the ball wherever they wanted. Jalen Hurts had almost 400 yards. He had 387 yards for two touchdowns. Absolutely. That's crazy. And that is crazy. It made Devontae Smith look like an absolute world leader with 122 yards off seven catches. Like, And that's crazy. I mean, the Chiefs defense, I mean, it didn't change all that much. No, it really we didn't. We talked about they're moving Chris Jones. To the end. To the end. Yeah. But honestly, it's not even really our – Andy Reid does take it back to a little bit of not being able to generate enough pressure on the QB, and that's why it puts more pressure on the secondary to make plays. But Andy Reid, the reason is, is that you're not you have our best pass rusher and our best run stopper at a position he's not that good at. Yeah. So and you, then we did talk about uh, the storyline going into this game. Andy Reid does get his hundredth win yep. against his former team. Yep, and he does it in Philly. So great story. And it happened. I'm glad it happened. So, and then the Cowboys Panthers. I, the Panthers lose this game by eight. They take their first L of the season. And the Cowboys defense looks pretty good, yeah. better than what we thought. It does. But I think the Cowboys are a team to be reckoned with. I don't think a lot of teams, you know, saw, or a lot of teams, sorry, a lot of people saw, um, the Cowboys coming in this, you know, good. But, I mean, their offense right now is – it's lethal. Yeah, their offense is just as good as it was last year before Dak got hurt. The thing to note here is Sam Darnold made two bad decisions through two picks, and they weren't very good picks either. So that's a thing to note with if Sam Darnold maybe makes some better decisions. This game could have been a little bit different. And I think the Panthers are a good team to oh, look yeah. out for like I as said, well, they especially would... with Christian McCaffrey coming back. I mean – the Chuba Hubbard, their backup quarterback, I mean, he had 13 carries for 57 yards, which isn't terrible at all. Yeah, and the what I wanted to say just before we moved on from this game, the Panthers had a really bad third quarter. They got outscored 20-0 to zero in that third quarter. So, And I think that's the quarter that Donald threw his two picks, at least one of them. So that's obviously – so like I said, with Sam Donald, if he makes a, maybe a little bit better decisions, that game is maybe a little bit different. Um, Seahawks 49ers. Seahawks get a win. They do not fall to one and three like I thought they would. They get the win. They're they're staying alive in this division, which is very competitive. It, this, actually, the NFC West and the AFC West are the only two divisions where no team has a losing record. The but Trey Trey Lance came in and played this game, correct? Yeah, he Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt late in the game. Trey Lance comes in and throws nine for eighteen with one hundred fifty seven yards and two, and two touchdowns. Yeah, two touchdowns. Yeah, good for Trey Lance. Good for him. Yes. Um, the unfortunate part for Trey Lance, if you want him to start, is it came out today that Jimmy Garoppolo will probably be able to start Sunday. So if you're a Trey Lance fan wanting him to start, I don't think you're going to be getting that. 
Going into our next game, we have the Cardinals and the Rams. Cardinals upset the Rams 37-20. to 20. Yeah, both teams were undefeated going into this game, but I do think this a lot of people, or most people, thought the Rams would win. Cardinals controlled this game all the way through. At the end of the first quarter, Rams were up 10-7, to 7, but from there, the Cardinals took control, get a 17-point win. Kyler Murray further um, solidifies his uh, run for MVP. Yep. And exactly. I think he will be the MVP. He's looking like the early favorite. Uh, Packers Steelers. Packers get a 10 point win over the Steelers, 27 20. They're back to kind of more of the Packers that we expect. Um, I mean, the Steelers, their defense was back. We uh, They did have Claypool out. What do you do about this quarterback? This quarterback, you know, situation in Pittsburgh? Well, I honestly put it more on the, the team than Big Ben. The team did not have to renew his contract. Obviously, Big Ben is a competitive guy. He thinks he obviously thinks that he still has it. The team just needs to move on from him because he's not he does he's not the guy that he used to be. And I I don't think we we I don't I think we should have re-signed him. But him knowing that he was not going to be the starter, I think we should have said, yeah, you can come come back and you know play for another year, but. You got a mentor, either um, Mason Rudolph or they signed Haskins, yeah, or Dwayne Haskins, and you got to mentor those guys into our new starting quarterback because, like, it's just Big Ben threw twenty six for forty with two hundred thirty two yards. Yeah, and he doesn't really. Th- I don't really think he throws the ball that deep that often. No, he. Gone. Dude, the Steelers' offense is like three to five yards passing. Yeah, after his after his shoulder surgery, I just he just can't throw the ball deep anymore. Moving on from that to the Ravens, Broncos. Ravens get their or Broncos get their first um, shot against the real team, and what do they do? They lose twenty three to seven. I think we all expected this. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, Broncos are three and one now, and. Out of the, all the AFC West teams, even though the Broncos are three and one and the Chiefs are two and two, I'm still putting the Broncos as the worst team in that yeah. division. But Broncos Patriots, and we're going to talk about this game for a little while. This game was such a weird game. I honestly expected Tom Brady to have a one of his best games of the season. That is not what happened. What happened was Tom Brady. I mean, he threw for two and sixty nine yards, which is nothing to to laugh at but I mean it's still like if you watch the game it was just weird when Tom Brady did break the record for most passing yards in a career and literally what they did was they put a they put a like a graphic on it that said congrats Tom Brady on the big screen and that was it it was like they flashed an ad for like the local tire shop <laughs> and then they're like all right second and two or whatever it was <laughs> that's literally what it was like and Matt Jones played the best game of his young career, probably through 275 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick, but that's really all that could. And and there was a report. I mean, we saw Belichick and Tom Brady kind of embrace, you know, when they first saw each other. But there was a report that Belichick, yeah, uh, you know, decides to meet with him afterwards, and you know, kind of sets that up. And they yeah, had and, they had a long conversation. So and Brady actually said that a lot of his a lot of the rumors that he's seen are just not true at all. So maybe the stuff that we were seeing about they had some tension really isn't true. But 
Mac Jones, I think he's going to be – I don't think he's going to be a type of quarterback to, like, take over a game and win it for you. I think he's going to be, the, like, more of an Alex Smith type or a Jimmy Garoppolo type and be a, be a game manager. And what that means is he's not going to go out and win you a game, but he's just going to be a smart guy who doesn't turn the ball over. He won't lose you a game either. So, I think Mac Jones this showed that Bill Belichick's probably not going to, like, let him do that much, honestly, in his first season. But he – he kind of simplified the playbook a little bit for Mac Jones, and he had a pretty good game. Um, the Buccaneers' rush defense is legit. We know that. The leading scorer for – or leading rusher for the pass in this game was Nelson Aguilar with four rushes – or four, yeah. four uh, yards. They had a total of negative one yards for the game. So, that just shows you that you just can't run on this Buccaneers team. So – Last game of the week. This happened last night at the time recording, Tuesday night, which was the Chargers-Raiders. Chargers get the two or 14-point win over the Raiders, give them their first L of the season. And the Chargers are looking legit now after coming off a win against the Chiefs and then a win against the Raiders. Yeah, I think I think the Chargers are a good team. Um, hopefully, I, I just I don't see them keeping up with this, and I think – the next time the Chiefs play them, I do think it'll be a blowout. You think the Chiefs blow them out? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I mean, I like the confidence as a Chiefs fan. I, I I don't know if it'll be a blowout, but I do think we'll win. I think we split games with both the Raiders and the Chargers. But that is week four in review. We're going to go ahead and get into our updated week four power rankings. We Like before, like last week, we're going to tell you ESPN's power rankings and how ours are different. ESPN has the Bills number one, Cardinals number two, Rams three bucks, four Packers five. Mine, my top five is the Cardinals number one. They're the only undefeated team left. They beat my number one team that I had last week pretty handily, so I don't know how you can't have them number one. Then I had the Bills number two after the blowout win. Then the Rams, they slide two spots. Then I had the Bucks number four, Chargers number five. All righty, my number one is the Cardinals. My number two is still the Rams. Uh, my number three is the Bills. My number four is the Bucks because I mean they did they looked all right they just didn't look like the Bucks against uh, the Patriots and my number five is the Packers I think the Packers are a better team than the Chargers I yeah I mean the Chargers have a the reason they came into my top five a win over the Chiefs I think uh, I think that was in Arrowhead too so win over the Chiefs and then a win over the Chargers I mean it's just that's just two really solid teams to beat back to back so they came into my top five. Um, week five pick them. We're going to roll through this real quick. Game number one, Rams, Seahawks. I have the Rams. I also have the Rams. Jets, Falcons. I have the Falcons winning that one. I have the Jets with an upset. Zach Wilson's going to pull it off. All right. Uh, I I honestly thought about about making that pick too, but I decided to roll with the Falcons. Uh, Patriots, Texans. I have the Patriots. I also have the Patriots. Lions, Vikings. I have the Vikings winning this one. I have the Vikings as well. Panthers, Eagles. I have the Panthers winning this. I think this is going to be a really good game. Yeah, I have the Panthers as well. The reason I had the Panthers over the Eagles, the Panthers' defense is way better than the Chiefs. The Eagles are not going to be putting up 32 on this defense. So, Saints, Washington. I think that Washington takes this. I think the Saints are overrated. I think Washington does too. I think that the Saints could win. I just don't see him winning because I think Tyler or Taylor Heineke really – I mean, he doesn't like make a lot of plays, but it seems like he has one game or like one or two plays a game where it's just like, man, he he can yeah, do that. Yeah. So 
Titans, Jags. I have the Titans. I'll have everyone back. If if they have everyone back, I have the Titans. If they don't, I have the Jags. If okay. you can't beat the Jets, uh, uh, you can't beat the Jags. <laughs> Dolphins, Bucks. I have the Bucks. Yeah, I have the Bucks as well. Packers, Bengals. I actually am going to take the Packers. I did too. I picked the Packers as well. I think this is going to be a good game. I, I think it is too. The Bengals. The Bengals are showing that they're a better team than past years, but Joe Mixon is injured. Yep. So I don't know if they'll be – I don't know if he's playing, but he's questionable, I believe. But Steelers-Broncos. I have the Steelers. I initially picked the Broncos because I – was going to say, you said any game that I Big Ben plays I said on the last in. one that any game Big Ben plays, I would pick against them. But, of course, the next week they play the Broncos, and I don't think the Broncos are good at all. So I went ahead and picked the Steelers just because I'll give them a little bit more credit than being worse than the Broncos. There you go. Bears, Raiders. I have the Raiders. Yeah, I also have the Raiders. Um, Browns, Chargers. This is second game of the week for me. I am going with the Browns. I picked the Chargers. We just talked about how we think the Browns are overrated. I know. I think they're overrated, but I think the Chargers are more overrated. Okay. Well, that's hot take from Gavin right there. (laughs) I'm I'm rolling with the Chargers. <laughs> Giants, Cowboys. I have the Cowboys. I do as well. They're way improved from last year. Uh, 49ers, Cardinals. Cardinals. Yep, they stay undefeated, 5-0. and Bills, Chiefs, my game of the week. I have the Chiefs. I also have the Chiefs too. I'm a little bit scared to play this team after they have two shutout wins by 30-plus points. I think the Chiefs' offense comes to play. Like they always do. I think the defense no I think the defense comes in knowing they have to win this game or they fall underneath five hundred once again and they come out with a win. I think it's gonna be game of the week though. Um and it's gonna be really close. Maybe a game winner, game winning field goal or something. Colts, Ravens, I got the Ravens. I also have the Ravens. So that's gonna wrap up the the week five pick 'em. We agreed a lot more on these games than we yes, did last yes. week. So we're gonna go ahead and get into our fan questions. And we have two this week. Just like we did last week. And our first question that we have as a fan question is uh, Richard Sherman signed a one-year deal with the Buccaneers this past week. Made his debut with the uh, team. uh, (laughs) Made his debut with the team this past week against the Patriots. And... This question asks how we feel about that. I honestly was feeling pretty good about it. I thought it was going to help out their past defense, but watching them this past Saturday, yeah. Richard Sherman kind of got dotted up a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's just rust, man. I mean, yeah, I think he'll get better. I think, I think so he too. will too. I think it's just rusty. And the final question that we have is what do you think about the way Dak is performing compared to the way people thought he would perform before the season started? I thought I was one of those people. I mean, I thought he was going to be rusty. I didn't think he would come out firing on all cylinders. And, boy, did he prove me wrong. This Cowboys offense is just – I mean, it really is impressive. Yeah. I mean, we, we all saw him last uh, last year. He – the offense played really well with Dak as they're at the helm for their QB, as their QB. But this, this year there was a lot more question marks, and Dak's proven that he's still the same QB he was. So far this year he has 1,066 yards with 10 touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, he has a QBR of uh, 116.9, which is a phenomenal, which was really good for uh, five, uh, four games. Yeah. And they're three and one. I, I mean, I really I really like this Cowboys offense, and like we said, the defense is firing. So we'll see what them, them boys can do. Yeah, I mean, they've got 
they've got a lot of people uh, focused on them as one of the favorites to come out of the NFC. Um, we'll see how they do next week against the divisional rival, the Giants. All right. So, and yeah. I think that's going to wrap up our episode, guys. Um, like always, man, we just appreciate you guys tuning in and – we really do want to hear some uh, constructive criticism, you know, going forward so we can make this the best possible thing that we can. Yeah, as always, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next week.